The clock is at zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, let's join your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome back in to a jubilant BYU football postgame show as BYU gets to win 42-10 over Idaho State. And it's not just the score that makes BYU fans and team happy. It's the fact that the invitation is beneficial and accepted. BYU's going bowling Christmas Eve in Hawaii at the Hawaii Bowl. So mark that on your calendars. It's a good way to get the family together and spend some time as you get ready for Christmas Day watching some BYU football against an opponent yet to be named. Some thoughts on tonight's game. We'll get to those in just a second. You can also reach out to me on Twitter, at Ben Bags. We'll read some of your reactions coming up in just a moment as well. Send your tweets in right now, at Ben Bags on Twitter, and we'll read those coming up in just a second. Taking a look at some thoughts on the game. You know what? It wasn't the cleanest game for BYU, especially on the offense, and mostly on the offensive side of the ball. There were some struggles throughout the game. It started the first quarter. It cleaned up in the second quarter, but the second half was plugged once again. By some issues, lots of penalties coming on the offense side of the ball. BYU on the game, not not the cleanest of ga- games for BYU. Uh, 12 penalties for 85 yards. I think all but two of those coming on the offensive side of the ball. Plenty of false starts, some holdings that called back at least three big plays, two of them scoring plays for BYU. Uh, there were some issues there with, with, that, with the cleanliness of the game. Uh, Zach Wilson coming back after... The injury at Toledo coming back for his first start since then, he was rusty. He was a slow start to the first first quarter. Got the, uh, Like everything else, got things going in the second quarter, third quarter. Once again, looked a little bit rusty, holding the ball just a little bit long, looking, reading, reading, and, and, uh, and just it wasn't the cleanest game for Zach. But here's the nice thing about that. We talk about the offensive penalties. We talk about some of the offensive struggles. We talk about the rust on Zach Wilson. That's all, the, especially the Zach Wilson part, that's to be expected. He's taken six weeks off. He's not been able to play in a game, getting game reps. You expect that. That's what this game was about is getting him back in, knock that rust off, and let him get back in the flow of playing football. And he'll have another opportunity to do that next week against the defense that, quite frankly, may be worse than Idaho State's defense in UMass. Uh, so, so you get two weeks of Zach Wilson being able to knock some rust off before facing one of the best defenses in the nation, San Diego State, in the final game of the season. Uh, other other thoughts from the game: it was nice to see the seniors getting some getting the job done. You had touchdowns from a couple of seniors in the first half. Uh, guys getting out there, a successful senior game, senior day for some of the some of the BYU Cougars. Austin Lee starts things off with a pick six and a 26-yard return for a touchdown on the defensive side of the ball. Micah Simon gets a 12-yard rushing TD off a fly sweep to start scoring in the second half. First offensive score of the day. Talon Shumway uh, gets a couple of TDs. It's nice to see those. Even even Kyrus Tongo, who who technically not a a senior, but may end end up in the NFL draft, he got a touchdown in, in scrum formation. So seniors in their final game at Lavelle were stating being able to get some, get the job done on that side of the ball. One of the nice things, one of the most pleasant things from today's game is we're inside that redshirt window where the final four games of the season, you can see redshirts coming in and playing for BYU and still keeping their redshirt status for next season. So BYU taking advantage of that. And Jackson McChesney was a pleasant surprise for BYU. As you look at 
He, he comes into the game in the backfield with Sione Finau. Ten rushes for 46 yards, averaging 4.6 yards a carry. One of his biggest runs was called back on a holding penalty, but he looked really good in that run, and it was a holding penalty that was actually away from the play. It didn't really affect what he was able to do on that play. So, so Jackson McChesney, a really pleasant surprise uh, on that redshirt uh, rule. Another, another guy that stood out is Keanu Hill coming in, three catches for 40 yards. Caught each 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 ball that was targeted to him. He caught that ball, and he looked good. So two nice, pleasant surprises offensively for BYU in the redshirt rule. And then it was nice to see Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner back out on the field. Nice thing is, is you get the win, forty-two to ten, and people are going to like. Well, Zach Wilson looked rusty, or the offense struggled. You you won the game, forty-two ten. It, it's hard to really complain about a victory at forty-two ten. But the nice thing is, and I talked about this last week with the Liberty game, mistakes were made. But with those mistakes, you get the win. No harm, no foul. And the coaches have something to work on and focus on in this next week as you get ready for UMass. And as you're really kind of targeting for that San Diego State game at the end of the season. Other notes from the game today. BYU streaking right now. Four straight for BYU. That's four straight wins for BYU. Gets them to six. Uh, They've got a possibility of finishing the season with a possible six or seven game win streak if you add the bowl game in, which would get you to a possibility of nine wins this season. And I know Riley and I were talking about that in the pregame show. Riley said, if I'm in that locker room, that's one thing that I'm absolutely focused on is getting to that nine wins. That makes it a, a special season for BYU. And talking about that, BYU is FPI, ESPN, FBI, Football Power Index favorites in the final two games. They've got, according to the ESPN, FBI, a 98.5% chance of winning at UMass. That's pretty solid. And a 57.9% chance of winning at San Diego State. BYU also secures a winning record at home going Four and two on the season for, for at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, protecting Lavelle's house, one of the pillars of the program. And as I mentioned before, BYU's going bowling. Aloha and Mele Kaliki Maka on Christmas Eve as BYU will be playing in the Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve. Checking out some thoughts from you on Twitter. You can tweet me at Ben Bags. We'll get to those coming up in just a moment as next segments. And also, remember, another way to celebrate this win is fans, when the Cougars win, you win. Pot with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 at PapaJohns.com. This coming Monday and Tuesday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location of Papa John's. Coming up, we'll get you down to the post-game press conference room where Kalani Sataki and players will address the media. Cougar Post Game Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Welcome back into the Mo Betters broadcast booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The BYU Cougars get a 42-10 victory over FCS opponent Idaho State. They move to bowl eligibility. They are ready to go bowling, and they accepted a bowl invitation after the game. They will be bowling in Hawaii on Christmas Eve at the Hawaii Bowl. More on that coming up in just a minute, but it's time to check your college football scoreboard. One of the biggest stories in college football today was not the fact that number 5 Alabama beat Mississippi State 38-7. to It was the fact that starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide, as well as 
Heisman front runner and potential number one draft pick Tua Tagovailoa injures his hip at the end of the first half of that game. He was carted off the field, as reports said, screaming in pain. He's had X-rays afterwards at the stadium and flown by helicopter to St. Vincent's Medical Center in Birmingham, Alabama. This just coming out a few minutes ago. Stadium Sports is reporting that Tua is out for the season with a dislocated hip. So uh, hopefully things come will go well for him as as he looks forward to a potential professional career. So, but uh, Stadium Sports reporting the two is out for the season with a dislocated hit. Some other scores in the top twenty-five games in action right now in the fourth quarter. Late Penn State refreshing the browser there because that was a little bit earlier in the fourth quarter. Number two Ohio State up big on Rutgers, forty-nine to fourteen. Number three, Clemson's demolishing Wake Forest, 52 to three. Fourth ranked Georgia up 14-0 on Auburn. That game's got a minute 50 left in the third quarter. Nice battle of SEC top 15 teams right there. Number 18, Memphis, 45-20 winners over or lead over Houston with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Number 19, Texas trailing Iowa State 20-14 to with the fourth quarter play still to go there. Number 24, Kansas State up 20-17 to on West Virginia in the fourth quarter. In the third quarter, number 8, Minnesota's trailing number 20, Iowa 20-13. to That game in Iowa. Finals from the top 25. I mentioned number 5, Alabama beating Mississippi State 38-7. to Number 9, Penn State holds on to beat Iowa. Indiana, excuse me, 34-7. Number 11, Florida, 23-6 victors over Missouri. 14th-ranked Wisconsin gets a 37-21 win over Nebraska. And Michigan demolishes in-state rival Michigan State, 44-10 in that game. Notre Dame gets a 52-20 victory over 23rd-ranked Navy, the Fighting Irish, 16th in the country. Number 22-ranked Oklahoma State gets a 31-13 victory over Kansas. And later tonight, a handful of top 25 games still to come in college football action. Uh, it, looking ahead to the next opponent for BYU, UMass. Well, in a battle of what was it was a battle of one-win teams today for UMass and Northwestern, and it wasn't UMass who came out ahead and gets their second win of the season. It was Northwestern, as Northwestern beats UMass today, 45 to six. Ouch, UMass. Not good BYU face them next week. And also and a game coming up uh, to close the season for BYU on Friday night. Last night, San Diego State beat Fresno State 17-7. to We'll have more of Cougar Post Game Live coming up after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. BYU 42-10 victors today at the final game of the season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU finishes the season with a winning record at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're also on a four-game win streak. Uh, they also, with their sixth win of the season, becomes bowl eligible and accepted an invitation to the SoFi Hawaii Bowl on Christmas Eve in Hawaii. That's a nice accomplishment for BYU in a season of ups and downs, and right now it's trending in the right direction. The interesting thing about that is, is you look at the way that this season's gone for BYU. You get two wins early on in the season 
in games that I, most Cougar fans, I don't, I, experts may not have had the Cougars winning at Tennessee and against 24th at the time ranked USC. You win both those games in double overtime and overtime respectively. You start the season one or two and th- one. And things were great. And then you go on a three-game losing streak, losing to Washington, Toledo, and South Florida. And all of a sudden, woe is me, the sky is falling. And since then, BYU's turned it around in the positive direction. Now with a four-game winning streak, BYU looking good for the postseason. And I think right now, as BYU turns forward, you look at this game. We talked about it at halftime. We talked about it a little bit in the first segment of the postgame show. Wasn't the cleanest of games offensively for BYU. Still a lot to work on. Still some things. If you're a coach, you're watching film of this game like, that's a really stupid mistake. Why aren't we staying in our stance? Why are we jumping off sides? Why are we doing a hold there? There's a lot of little mistakes that the coaches are going to look at and film. Show these players and, 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 and encourage them to work on respectively throughout this week but that's the good thing is you're working on it after a win and you keep that streak alive of four straight and now the goal turns to next week with umass a team that's struggling one win on the season giving up a lot of points when i say a lot i mean a lot of points lowest point total of the season as they they held a team to 29 points in their sole win of the season but other than that they're giving up 40 to 50 points a game so byu offensively can go and have a heyday next week for UMass, not overlooking the Minutemen, just looking at, hey, this is what UMass is presenting for BYU. Now it's all about keeping that streak alive, stretching that streak from four games to five games, from five games to six games. And if you can finish this season on a six-game, seven-game, if you count the bowl game, win streak, Austin, you got a special season for Kalani Sataki and his BYU Cougar football team, potential of winning nine games, which would be really good. I, by all stretches of the imagination, you look at this get you look at this season. You get nine wins out of the season, and you've got to be happy as a BYU Cougar fan. That's going to wrap things up for Cougar Post Game Live. Your final score, forty-two to ten. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next. We'll get you down to hear Kalani Sataki and some of the players, plus Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens breaking down the action as well from today's game. That's all coming up next. 42-10, the final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You heard it right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. Cougar Locker Room Show is brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Final score, BYU 42 and Idaho State 10 on Senior Day 2019. BYU doesn't score in every quarter, so that run came to an end. It was a scoreless fourth quarter. It was 42-10 after three. BYU had scored in every quarter of the last two preceding games. Not so today, but good enough for the W and by 32. Before we head down to the Cougar locker room area, let's hear what the uh, head coach of Idaho State had to say a few moments ago following his team setback. Uh, well, it's, it's uh, tough to play a... Uh. 1A this time of year. It's tough to play 1A anytime. Your margin of error is very small, if any, and uh, can't throw interceptions for touchdowns, and you can't uh, have punts blocked, and you can't miss tackles, and so uh, uh, it's it's tough. But the first thing I want to do is thank uh, Kalani Sataki for the class 
operation he runs. What he did at the end of the game may not be a popular decision with fans, but he gets it. That's how I play the end of the games like that when we're when we're when we're uh, on top of an opponent that way. He had every right to run the ball in because it's our job to stop. And with two minutes and nine seconds left, he 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 took a knee on the one so as not to uh, fully uh, embarrass us. And I want to thank him, thank his staff. Like I said, it wasn't a popular decision. I think I heard some some noises up in the stands. But what people up in the stands don't understand is what a class move that is by Kalani Sataki. And so I want to thank him, and uh, I, I really appreciate that. What's the biggest thing you take away from a game like this? Kids competed, played hard. You know, that's two things we always say. You control your attitude and effort, and uh, they did a good job with that. Uh, you know, there was, there was not any long faces and not any... Uh, 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 lack of effort out there. So it's our job as coaches to put them in a position to be successful. But uh, like I said, I like I like the effort, uh, like the attitude of the kids. They came in here weren't uh, weren't intimidated and uh, and you know ham- handled the situation well. Talk about your defense. Shoot, man, they uh, yeah, it was yeah. If if we don't throw pick sixes, you know we got to score for the other team. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, no, I just I, I like the way that that Roger Cooper had them prepared and the, and the defensive staff. Um, you know, BYU did a great job of, of poking and prodding until they found what you know where they can expose us, and, and they did a good job. But uh, you know, I, I sure liked uh, I liked the way we came out and uh, be nice to uh, uh, on the offensive side. You know, uh, flip the field over a little bit, or, or you know, just put some points on the board to, to give the defense a rest and allow you know give them some rewards for their uh, efforts and their hard work. Well, Malachi has a freshman Yeah, he's, uh, he's a, a big, pleasant surprise. Uh, really um, uh, enjoy the young man. Uh, he's come on really well. And, uh, you know, I'll probably nominate him for freshman of the year in the big sky. All right, that is Rob Fennessy, head coach of the Idaho State Bengals. Our thanks to intern Hayden Wallace for grabbing those comments a short time ago. More postgame coverage from Provo next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. With a reminder to fans to make sure that you witness every exciting moment at Lavelle Edwards Stadium next season. New season tickets on sale now for 2020. Go to BYUtickets.com to get yours today because as for the 2019 season, there ain't no more games. This was it. This was Senior Day 2019. BYU winning it 42-10. to over Idaho State. Still awaiting uh, comments from Kalani and players in the Cougar locker room area. A bit of a delay today because of Senior Day and the bowl invite and just hanging out on the field with friends and family. It took a while for the team to even get to the locker room, Riley. Yeah, and I mentioned in the pregame, Ben asked me about uh, you know my memories from Senior Day. And I, I've 
in my old age, I'm softening up, I guess you could say. <laughs> no, but uh, I treated it like any other game, and I wasn't in. I wasn't, uh, you know, interested in all the festivities and all the extra things. And I wish I would have. That's probably one of my bigger regrets is not soaking up all of those moments at Senior Day in my last game here in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So I'm glad to see this team do that. I'm glad to see the coaches encourage that, and just to truly see the brotherhood that and brotherhood exists on every team, but in different ways, and it manifests different. But you're right. You mentioned they did a thing where they had all the seniors set out apart, and then they kind of walked the 50 yards in to be welcomed into the south end zone by their own teammates, and then they walked into the locker room together. So great show of camaraderie and going to provide some great memories for all the players uh, that uh, have contributed to this program over the last four to six years. A quick post-game scoring summary for you. The game got to halftime at 28-3 to in BYU's favor. 7-0 after one, 21-3 in the second quarter, so 28-3 at the break. It was a 14-7 third quarter. Two touchdowns were scored by BYU. Uh, one of them uh, came from Talon Shumway. I'm not sure if the play is queued up or not, but uh, it came on a, a bit of an interesting play as Talon had to stretch out at the goal line. Some debate maybe whether it was caught, not caught, hit the ground, controlled, uh, but the official right there had a good look at it and signaled score. Either way, that made the score 35-3 to for BYU. And then BYU with uh, Kairos Tonga in scrum formation, finishing off the Cougar scoring on the day, making it 42-3. to Idaho State would score the final uh, touchdown of the day on a 54-yard run from Malachi Rango. Rango had a heck of a day today, too. Not only is uh, 54 yards uh, the longest run that BYU's allowed this season, it also makes it so that uh, 10 points are the most allowed in the Sutake era by an FCS team. So the uh, Bengals scored twice, a touchdown and a field goal to make the final score 42-10, to and that's how this thing ended. Some uh, defensive numbers, because we haven't given you tackle numbers for the Cougars yet to this point in our postgame coverage. Austin Lee on his senior day. Five tackles, three of them solo. He had a TFL and an INT, and the INT, he took back 26 yards for a score. Diane Moliku also had an interception, and so for Diane, that would end up being uh, INT, career number INT, uh, number seven, career INT number seven for Diane Moliku today for Austin Lee. That was his third of the year and career. So congrats to both those guys. Second leading tackler with all solo stops was Bo Tanner. And again, the numbers are rather modest. Number four puts you in second place today, but a lot of guys played on this senior day. We'll take a quick break. We'll head back down and hear from the coaches and players next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 42, Idaho State 10 today's final. The 32-point victory margin, the third largest under Kalani Sitake back in 2016, Kalani's first year. BYU won a game by 42 over UMass. That final score was 52... 51 51-9 in 2016. And then uh, last year... A 35-point decision over New Mexico State, 45-10. So today's margin, uh, third largest in the Sitake era. BYU wins it by 32. Today was the day we did not see uh, Baylor Romney. And maybe Kalani will address that here momentarily. And it might have been that the play was to give, again, the plan was to maybe give Baylor a day off. Zach hadn't played in a long time. Baylor been a little banged up. Maybe see what you can do with just two. And they did that today with it being, uh, uh, being Zach and Joe today. Yeah, knowing that, and I don't have, I haven't spoken with the medical staff, and you never want to speculate on injuries, but whenever you have two 
in head injuries. Uh, speaking of Jaron Hall, right? You have two head injuries that close. Um, I know, you know, when you when BYU played Utah State, their middle linebacker and leading tackler in the nation was out because he had a similar thing to Jaron Hall. He suffered concussions in back-to-back games, and they ended up sitting him out for the rest of the season. So, with long way of saying, with with it looking like Jaron Hall might be out for the rest of the season, if Baylor Romney isn't feeling exactly a hundred percent, you need him there as a healthy backup. And with there not being any chance at any meaningful reps, it's not worth risking it here today. And you know, Joe's been a guy who's more than capable. He's started a couple games here for BYU and has continued to provide depth and leadership, and so it's good for him to come out and, and really show well as he did and help it produce this win for BYU today. So, so what do you think about the number that I shared a couple times during the game? Now, 200's not a, 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 a huge number throwing the football, right? But BYU's now played 10 games this year, and they've passed for 200-plus yards in every game. The last time BYU had a season where they threw for 200-plus in every game was 11 years ago. Okay, that was a Max Hall year in 2008. Okay, so since that time, they've had at least one game every year and sometimes many more where the throw game just doesn't work for whatever reason or it's not part of the game plan where they throw for under 200. So 11 years without it, and then this year um, with quarterbacks playing really well down to the number three, they've been consistently producing through the air. Is it meaningful to you? It is meaningful because... And I'd be lying if I said it didn't because I'm so surprised to hear that stat. I wouldn't have thought that it was 2008. And, heck, you think back to 2009, I was on that team. We won 11-2, and finished 14 in the country. And Now, granted, there was a couple ugly games that fans may remember from that year. Florida State came here to Provo and handled business, as did uh, TCU in, in two blowout losses. Uh, the Unfortunately, the two losses that we suffered that year were ugly losses. Um, and so in that game, just for example, a TCU... BYU passed for one. This is now the 2009 season, right? Yeah. TCU 188, Utah 134, Oregon State in the win, the bowl game 192. So three games under 200 with a prolific offense. Yeah, really surprising. And then you look through, you know, Taysom, you, during Taysom's era, you can see that because they he was so productive. When, and when I say he, it was really both he and Jamal, but... It, those two, a combination of those two, they were so productive on the ground that maybe you didn't need to produce through the air, so there's games like that, and it's a very surprising stat, but it speaks to this offensive staff and their ability to uh, to produce... Um to produce a balanced offense on the field. Coach Grimes is one. You know, he comes, he was an offensive line coach, and an offensive line coach carry the stereotype with them that they'd much prefer to run the ball than pass it all, all day long. And so I give a lot of credit to Aaron Roderick, who I believe is, you know, in title is the passing game coordinator. So right. those two working in tandem to be able to produce something that hasn't been done at BYU in 11 years is something that is worthy of note. And to do it, well, with three different starting quarterbacks, and and now Joe, if it weren't for Joe Critchlow, producing, you know, contributing his uh, fifty-eight yards on five for five on today, five for five, we wouldn't gotten over the mark. So to be able to produce uh, the two hundred in every game yeah. so far this season with four different quarterbacks is something worth noticing. So BYU rushes for two hundred plus and passes for two hundred plus. It's a pretty good combination in the Kalani Sitake era. They're now five and two uh, when that particular combination occurs, and that's where they were today. The the epitome of balance, if you will. And again, Sione Finau. And again, I think it's also notable. Now, we saw Tyson Williams come out for senior day uh, with a brace on his knee, not in uniform. Had he played a full year, he would have had a lot of century games. I think those were going to happen for him. He was close. Really, he got to 99 in one game, right? So that was going to happen. It didn't happen for him. It did happen, though, for Sione Finau. What's happening now is Zach Wilson down at the press conference area. Let's tune in to Zach. I can skip over. 
Zach being joined by Talon Shumway. So, Zach and Talon in the press conference room taking questions. Missed it. Talon, what was it like being out there for the fun time? You know, I talked about it earlier in the week, but being actually being out there for, for this game? Uh, it's fun. It's always fun, uh, especially when you win. Kind of sad. Uh, it's the last time, but it's not the last game, so I'm uh, happy about that. What did you think about how you did? I mean, it was rough at times. I think, I think overall as an offense, we could be more smooth. A lot of penalties today, a lot of MAs. I think we got to clean up a lot of things this week, but you know, we got that win. That's all that matters. Some people might say just account for rust that you had played. Do you think that's valid? That's no excuse. I thought he played well. So. <laughs> Thanks, bud. You did get two touchdown receptions. Yeah. You're biased. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Zach, after the interception, I saw you go try to make the tackle. Obviously, you got injured on a similar play earlier this year. Is that just you kind of showing your fearlessness, or was there, did the coach just say anything to you about that? No, it's just instinct. It's like, if I'm a competitor, I'm not going to let someone run the ball back. Well, was there a reason for all the false start stuff? Because it seemed like during the first half, you guys are having yeah, they, trouble. Yeah, they were doing some confusing stuff up front. They were shifting a lot and, you know, stemming their, stemming their D-line. And so some of their D-linemen were yelling move, and that was, it was causing our guys to, to react to the noise and, and jump a little bit. Zach, what do you feel went right for you today in, in this game? Um, I'd say we, you know, we got the win. I thought we overall, you know, did some good things. We didn't, we didn't start well or even have a great second half, but... Um, you know, we had a lot of promising drives and, um, you know, put up, we scored 42 as a team, so. Arm strength looked really good, a lot of deep balls. Um, did the rest to the shoulder, you know, due to the hand, you know, help out the arm strength the last few weeks? Either? Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure. I, I'd say my shoulder's probably the best it's, it's been since having surgery. Just, you know, off season, I never had that opportunity to, you know, just take a couple weeks off and not, not use it. It was kind of just straight from, you know, right out of surgery to every day, trying to rehab it. And so that was the first, like, five or six weeks I really had nothing nothing on my shoulder. Talon, did that post surprise you a little bit when you got it out there in front of you? Uh, yeah, I, I had a hard time finding it. Um, I didn't even know the ball was in the air until I caught a glimpse of it. Uh, and it was too late, so that was my bad. Uh, <laughs> but it happens. It's too bad it happened, but it happens. It's a great throw. I, uh, Take us through that, that touchdown reception on the goal line. Uh, what's the route, and, and how are you able to haul it in? Oh, it's just a fade. Oh, which one? The, the uh, At the goal line. Second uh, one? Kind of the return route. Oh, uh, yeah. We've been practicing all week. Um, this is the first week I've ever ran it. Usually it's someone else, uh, so I was glad that they put me there. And I knew when we, uh, you know, I knew if we called it, that's where the ball was going to go. So He told me to give him a tough throw. He said, yeah. i got to have a highlight film soon, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure you uh, give me something to... <laughs> that would be a very short highlight film if I had one. It would be a lot of just running around. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun. That was... Talon, what's one of your favorite memories from your time here at BYU? Hanging in the stadium? That is a hard, uh, a hard question. Uh I think it's going to take take a long time to like uh, maybe kind of like sit back and look back and, and analyze and, and and try to figure that out. 
I'd really just say the whole thing, but uh, there's games. Like, there's uh, the USC game this year, Boise State, um, Wisconsin last year. Big wins. Those are fun. Um, and even the smaller wins. So any win is great. And uh, too many memories to pick one, honestly. Zach, was it fun to see guys like Talon and, and Micah making big plays in their yeah. home game here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're just we're giving those guys a chance with our offense. And, you know, it's get, get the ball in your playmaker's hands. These guys are just, you know, they're making us look good. These guys make the quarterbacks look good. I mean, that's why we can we can play three quarterbacks and have so much success is we got a lot of talent on this team. And, and you just you put the ball in these guys' hands, they're going to make plays. What's it like to not only get the, uh, the win for the seniors, but get the bowl invitation as well? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, we get to go to Hawaii instead of Idaho this year, so that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, but <laughs> My wife's excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I, but I mean, we still got two more games that you know that are big wins for us that we gotta that we gotta get ready for. But I mean, just knowing that we're we're bowl eligible is is nice. Zach, what are you thinking when you're in that tunnel before the game and seniors are running out one at a time? You've done a couple of years now, but what, what's kind of the thought process as you watch these guys that you've worked with, and yeah. with for so long? You know, no, it's just take the field? yeah, it's just emotional. I remember thinking last year, like, oh, like it's perfect. These guys are all juniors. You know, they have one more year, and, and now here we are, you know, two games left in the regular season, and these guys are all seniors about to head out. And so, you know, it's really just emotional. They've all, they've all grown so much, and they're such a big part of our team. And, you know, it's going to be rough losing those guys next year. Really, like, you know, my best friends on the team are all the seniors. You know, uh, those guys are great leaders, and, um, you know, it's going to be a big chunk of our team that gets cut out when those guys take off. And so we're going to need people to step up and be leaders next year. Zach, do you feel like... Uh Things like pocket presence and just seeing the field, quarterback type things. Do you think those came back to you really quickly, or kind of how did they? I mean, I was rough at times. I mean, I definitely could have done better in certain aspects, but you know, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's any excuse that you know I could. I, I don't think I could live with myself saying, "Hey, you know, it's your first time back in six weeks. Let's just not." I mean, I expect myself to be able to, you know, take off right where I was um, back playing. But you know, we got that win, and we got we got another week to. Um, learn off of a win, which is the best way to do it. How Any much, other questions for these two? How much did it help having a 100-yard rusher like Sione out there to kind of take the pressure off and, and just ball out the way you did? You know, it's always good to have a rushing game as a quarterback. Um, you know, those guys were, bat- were battling all night. We had a couple, uh, you know, Jackson and Sione stepped up and, you know, made some guys miss and made some made some big plays for us in the run game. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I think I'll stay down there as we'll be bringing up defensive players next. Austin Lee and Diane Gomolik will be next to the press conference table. BYU is a winner today over Idaho State, 42-10. In case you missed it, the announcement live from field level. Post game came from the ESPN folks, the powers that be that organize these games, that BYU will be playing in the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl. And that will be a Christmas Eve kick December 24th at Aloha Stadium. As we head down to the press conference area, we've got Diane Gomolik and Austin Lee taking to the table. Austin with one of his children with him. Questions for the three? <laughs> the three. Ledger, how do you think your dad played? Good. Cheering loud, huh? Austin, what was it like to be able to walk out with your, with your kids to, you know, for the senior blanket presentation before the game? Uh, it, it, it was fun. It was awesome. Uh, you never really think that you're going to be at, in this position. Um, but it, it, it's kind of hit harder, obviously, now that it's it's gone. And it was it was a big blessing to be able to come out and 
uh, make those type of memories and, you know, think of and reflect upon all the memories that I've had in the stadium and all the relationships that I've developed and all the people I can call my brothers and my family. Um, and so it, it was a blessing to be able to walk on that field, especially with, with my boy, help share the, some memories with him. Talk about that interception, being able to get that play to get, and then get, taking it back to the house. Yeah, uh, first, I, I wouldn't ever thank myself. I uh, thank my Heavenly Father and Chris Wilcox. <laughs> Chris Wilcox is the one that made that play happen. Um, you know, I was just able to jog to the ball and, you know, uh, seeing seeing the RPO look and then Chris be able to break up that ball and his first his first game back was you know, all all his help and that ball just floated into my hands perfectly and guys made some key blocks to be able to make that happen and it was a great memory to have for sure and I'm thankful for Chris Wilcox for sure. So did it make the day a little more emotional being able to score like that? Uh, yeah, made it a little bit more emotional. Uh, you know, just another memory to be able to have in this stadium, the ones that I can be able to reflect upon and tell um, my family for a while and, you know, just just live upon. Diane, what was it like watching him be able to have that? You've gotten in the end zone, watch him be able to have that today. And, you know, your team needed it. You know, it, hadn't, it was 0-0 game at that point. Man, I was hyped for him because I know he's he been trying to get one. He should have had a couple this year. But I was really hyped, and I seen him go in the end zone, like make a couple cuts, got a couple blocks, and I was just like, yeah, he deserves it for sure. And he's always in the right place at the right time, and he deserves to make that play. What was your senior day experience like today? Man, it was cool. Like It was sad, obviously, just because last time playing in the stadium. But I don't know. I was just – I just want to give my all for like my family, uh, my teammates, and uh, the fans. Just it's our last ride in the, this stadium, like I said, and like we're gonna miss the fans. Like they're like nothing, like they're like none other people out there. That's like uh, BYU fans. Like I don't know, you just feel the love, and that's the one thing I'm gonna miss a lot: the atmosphere. Uh, how would you describe Austin's play um, in your time playing with him side by side at the safety spot in the secondary? Like I said, he always knows what he's doing. Like he'll call, he'll be calling plays out, like just formations by formation. That is the exact play. Like so, he helps me out there just by calling the routes they're gonna run. So it's like that's a lot of help when you know what the receiver's gonna run, and he's good at uh, formation recognition. So, like just like I said, big time plays make big time plays, and that was a big time play he made just because he knew uh, what they're gonna run. And Austin, how would you describe Diane's playmaking ability and playing with him as a teammate? Diane's playmaking ability is just no one can match it. I mean, the guy can be able to the, – the plays that he's made defensively, offensively, special teams, the dude's unreal. And it's, it's, it's been a blessing to be able to play next to him. And, and I, I just feel really um, in sync when I play with him, um, being able to, you know, just, just the way we move um, and the way this dude knows the game, the way that he's always surrounded himself around the ball, uh, this kid – He's going to be doing some big things in the future, and I'm, I'm just proud of him. And it's and, and he's the one, first one to celebrate too with you when when something goes your way as well when you make a play. And so he's just been he's been a, a baller and fun to play with. How validating was it to get that East West Shrine Bowl invite and to accept that invitation for you, Austin? Yeah, that was um, it, it was an exciting thing to happen. Um, you know, all credit goes to those who've gotten me into this point, um, those I played with. Um, and the coaches just to be able to put me in, in those positions to be able to succeed. And um, it was very exciting to be able to get that and, you know, it's an opportunity, another opportunity to play.
Diane, I, I think they got half of their yards on three big plays. Overall, just how would you assess the defense's performance? Uh, we were, I feel like we were assigned to sound. We came in knowing what they were going to do, and um, just like teams are going to make plays too. They got dudes on scholarship, like Coach always says, but uh, we could execute a little better, obviously. Um, but in the end, like I feel like everyone was doing their job on all three levels. Anything else for these guys? Are both of you ready for Hawaii? Looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. I don't like the cold, man. <laughs> Perfect time of the year for yeah. sure. All right, we'll come back. We'll hear from Kalani Sitake next here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Cougar Locker Room Show, presented in part by Provo Land Title Company. Title and escrow can be complicated with over 50 years' experience in Utah. Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Riley Nelson, you've heard from a couple of offensive guys, a couple of defensive guys. Any thoughts on what they had to say? I thought it was funny. By the way, apologize to our listeners out there. One of the players kept kicking the table on which the mics were played, and that's what that was that boyo yoing noise you kept hearing while Talon and Zach were at the mics. But uh, no, um, I was. I mean, it was a little bit lackluster. You could tell they're they don't want to be because any win uh, and Talon Shumway mentions this. Any win is is something you're grateful for. They're hard to come by at any level of football in college, and so but. I mean, it was pretty obvious that they weren't, at least offensively, weren't pleased with their performance, which to me is good because it shows they're going to be motivated because next week is a, is a very similar opponent in that it's one that BYU should beat and should beat decidedly. Um, so hopefully they'll be motivated to clean up a lot of the things that they've done uh, that uh, they weren't able to clean up today. And then from the defensive side of the ball, listening to Austin and Diane, um, you know, those guys played well, and for them it's more about keeping the mojo going. Kalani Sitake at the press conference podium. Let's head down there now. Oh, let's just start recruiting kids from now on. And yeah, he's going to be a baller too, just like his daddy. Um, just uh, thank for our players. They played hard and give the seniors what they, they need and, and the win, you know, last game and at home. Uh, thank you to all the fans that were there to support us. I mean, I thought we, they were loud and made a lot of noise and had a lot of energy, so... Uh, just uh, really, really uh, thankful for the position that we're in right now, and got a little bit of a streak going, you know. And so, uh, looking forward to getting number seven next week and and uh, on the road and and uh, ready to roll. So, take any questions that you guys have. What's that like getting ready for the game? Because before the game, with all the emotion and seeing those boys walk out, what's that like? Those moments for you as you watch those boys come? Yeah, it's always hard. I mean, I, I'm I'm more concerned with the team, you know, because they get really emotional. The seniors do, and then the rest of the team does as well. And so, it's always one of those things where, and you've heard people talk about, do we do it before or after the game? And um, I think the better way to do it is before the game, like we did, and and then uh, just trying to get them focused on after, you know, because a lot of those guys reflect on their time that they put in this program, and I mean, it went by really fast for a lot of them, you know. So, uh, I think it's just uh, it's an emotional time for them, but. I thought they rallied around it and, and were able to, you know, play some uh, Simon Sound football. There were mis- mistakes that we made, but um, on all, all phases. But for the most part, the guys worked hard and played hard, and I'm just, uh, you know, thankful that we were able to get the win. 
You had a number of seniors that made key plays. Probably the first one was Austin getting that tip ball and taking it to the house to kind of get things rolling. Mm -hmm. Is that like watching him have that moment in his final home? Oh, he's been wanting that for a long time. So he's, I mean, and you saw Diane got a little crazy and almost desperate to try to get in the end zone. These guys want to score, and, and uh, I think they, you know, I think I think they just want to find ways to make a lot of plays. And so it was hard getting them off the field, even you know, and we felt like we had a, a good, um, a good lead and, and had the the win under control. But um, it was important that we get a lot of guys reps on defense and. They made some mistakes, so we gave up some big plays. That big run was something that I wish we didn't give up, but um, <clears throat> I don't know any other way to get them valuable reps and, and get them experience other than doing it in the game. And so uh, it'll be something that we can work on and improve on, but we had a lot of guys get valuable reps on, on all three phases, and that, that was good for us. The slow start offensively, the mistakes, false starts, Mm -hmm. you just attribute that to Zach being back with the offense again, or what can you... No, because Zach wasn't the one jumping off uh, a false start, you know, and so, yeah, I mean, that's... It, it was they, they were doing some things up front, you know, um, uh, kind of a lot of movement and, and, and a lot of things after our clap, you know, and so um, it's just the guys just had to settle down and play, you know. It just seemed like a lot of guys made mistakes and uh, especially put ourselves in, in the hole so many times with... First and fifteen is hard to, to deal with, you know, and so and then we had some big plays and had some holding calls, and, and that's not Zach's fault, you know. The guys, uh, the guys made mistakes and they got to own up to it and be responsible for the mistakes that they made, and we'll hold them accountable. I think I think that's the the only way you can do it. So that that stopped the progress of the team of the, of the offense. And while that was going, I thought the defense were able to rally back and and get a score and then get some uh, some stops. You know, we gave up some big plays. I think they had a big pass that kind of set up. Uh, that field goal, but um, other than that, I thought we handled it pretty well, except for the 50, I can't remember how long it was, like a 50-yarder, yeah, 54-yard run, and that was unfortunate, and I mean, like, but I I don't know how we, we can teach those guys lessons other than I can show them on film and embarrass them later for their mistakes, And but I, it was, it's one of those ones I wish we could have back, but I'm not going to keep our guys that, that we, we feel like should be healthy and keep them fresh, you know, for the next games when these guys can learn so much. And we talk about depth and development, and uh, the best way to develop them is get out there and make some plays. It seemed like there were multiple points where the game was in hand and you probably could have taken Zach out, <coughs> stayed in. Um, uh -huh. Was that his just wanting to get more reps? or is that? A yeah, he's been gone for a long time, you know, and just trying to get him um, – Kind of in the in the swing of things, you just kind of get get uh, everything back. It's, it's it's a even though he's been a starter for a lot of games, I think it's just more just shaking the rust off a little bit and and giving him that opportunity to figure things out. And so, he, he threw that interception and went for that tackle. Was that like a an oh no moment considering he had been injured on a kind of play? yeah for me. It's just like just get your thumb out of the way so you can make the tackle and just don't throw the interception so you can be there. But you know, um, I think Zach. Uh, he he wanted to perform as uh, he wanted to perform really well, and I think the sense of urgency was there. We just we'll be fine. We just I think it's important that he had these opportunities to make some plays and to get out there and get hit a little bit. You know, he ran the ball a little bit too, and so um, it's just I think he deserved that opportunity. And yeah, you know, we had uh, Baylor was a little banged up anyway, so we needed to keep him healthy and, and heal up this week. And so I think it was a good moment for us to get that done. I thought Joe came in and did and was really impressive as well. You know and and I think he was five for five, and and managed the offense even with some of the mistakes that we made. I thought the guys played well, and 
a lot of those young guys played and, and made some plays. I mean, I, I was impressed with Keanu Hill and the things that he that he can do. And um, there's a lot of other guys that, that that got really significant reps that will 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 allow them to grow up a lot faster. Kalani, how satisfying is it to get that sixth win and clinch bowl eligibility? Yeah, that was fun, and then to get the announcement afterwards and the invite, and, and so uh, the guys were really excited about it, and and uh, just. You know, just excited that we could extend the season uh, on another game and, and have 15 more practices with our team. And then it doesn't hurt that you're going to Hawaii. And the, everybody knows how I feel about Hawaii. That's home for me and, and a lot of family there. So we have a lot of um, members of our church and, and BYU fans in that area too. So it'll be fun. It'll be, be cool to get, get back there. It's been a minute since you've had a 100-yard rusher here. What was Shoney doing that made him so effective? And you expect to see more of that as he just gets better and better. In his career. Yes, Sione is really quick and and he he's does really well in space, you know. And I was really happy with the things that he did, specifically ball security, taking care of the football. Um, and, and and he and Jackson McChesney did a good job with the amount of carries that they had and and uh, opportunities that they had to be out in space. I thought I thought uh, Jackson showed some really good things too. And Sione, I, that's what Sione, we've always seen Sione do. And I think it was really cool to get him more carries and more opportunities to make plays because he's really good and tough. And he's, I think he's underrated when people talk about he because he's a smaller guy, but he's a tough guy. He'll put his head down and, and, and get some tough yards for us as well. Colin, are you worried all about the field goal game? It just hasn't, Jake hasn't seemed to have been locked in. He hasn't had as many opportunities. And tonight it didn't hurt, but mm-hmm. this tonight it just hasn't seemed to be as locked in. I'm I'm concerned about everything, you know. So like, yeah, it's just uh, I look at that drive and I, I, you know, we we um, part of the concern was like, do I take the time out with time because it was about you know a little bit more than 25, maybe 30 seconds left, and I think we could have just jogged out there and kicked the field goal. And you always worried about freezing your guy, and so I evaluate all of that. But I mean, that's a kick that he should be able to make in his sleep. And I thought the snap and hold was good and. Jake will have to be accountable for that, you know, and and uh, those are points that we should have on the, on the board, and and he knows that he owes the team that, and so we have a lot of a lot of trust in him, and and uh, you know we have a lot of guys that can kick the ball too, so uh, the competition will continue. Any other questions you have? All right, guys, Thanks, that's Brett saying stop asking questions. All right, that is Kalani Sitake, and he'll next be heard by uh, joining us up here in the booth. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you. BYU wins it by a score of 42-10. to 10. And uh, Kalani will be next up as soon as he makes his way from downstairs to up, so we'll continue our conversation when he reaches us. BYU takes a uh, 42-10 lead into the fourth quarter and doesn't score in the fourth quarter. So first time in a while that BYU hasn't scored in a quarter. It was 11 consecutive quarters of scoring until that uh, shutout fourth quarter. And uh, not that the Cougars couldn't have scored. Riley, they certainly could have scored. They were first and goal from the one with two minutes to go and chose not to score. And uh, Idaho State's coach, Rob Fennessy, talked a lot about that. One of the first things he talked about, right, about how impressed he was with uh, Kalani deciding uh, to go that route. Yeah, and I was impressed as well. One of the things is you want to give, all the coaches understand that you want to give your second unit a chance to run plays and run meaningful plays. And so, you know, if they were at the 30-yard line, they probably would have been running more plays within two minutes. But the fact that they're at the one and the likelihood of them scoring just for scoring's sake and to adding to their point total 
shows that you know Kalani had accomplished and his program had accomplished what they needed to accomplish, which was getting the two significant reps. There was no point to piling on on the score, and so to kneel the clock out when you were within the time to kneel the clock out shows gamesmanship, sportsmanship, and obviously it was well received uh, by by today's opponent. But I also think you know Kalani. It's been this is becoming a common theme that he is extremely well respected amongst his peers across college football. Kalani also talked a lot about Sione Finau. Uh, Sione goes 16 carries for 102. Notably today, uh, there were no lost yards in his carries. Everything was a positive gain. So 16 for 102, an average of 6.4 per tote. And he also picked up uh, two catches for 22 yards. And Sione coming in two today had two yard two receptions on the year. So he doubles his reception total by going two for 22 today. So a 124-yard day from scrimmage for the freshman Sione Finau which is pretty impressive. And in a minute, we're going to have you hear again what uh, Idaho State's head coach had to say about uh, the way Sione, uh, rather the way, the way that Kalani Sitake played the end of today's game. Today's game ends 42-10 in favor of BYU. We're taking a break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Head coach of the Cougs, Kalani Sitake, is on his way to the broadcast booth. We'll be talking with him shortly. Time now for the Mountain America field goal recap. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America donates $500 to the American Red Cross. So far this season, Mountain America has donated $7,000. Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. I alluded to it a moment ago. Let's hear now a little bit more if you missed it earlier in the postgame coverage about what uh, Idaho State's head football coach Rob Fennessy had to say about uh, Kalani Sitake's decision late in the game to not punch another touchdown in with BYU up 42-10 and facing a first and goal on the one in the closing minutes. It's, it's tough, but the first thing I want to do is thank uh, Kalani Sataki for the class operation he runs. What he did at the end of the game may not be a popular decision with fans, but he gets it. That's how I play the end of the games like that, when we're, when we're, when we're uh, on top of an opponent that way. He had every right to run the ball in because it's our job to stop. And with two minutes and nine seconds left, he, he, he took a knee on the one so as not to uh, fully uh, embarrass us. And I want to thank him, thank his staff. Like I said, it wasn't a popular decision. I think I heard some, some noises up in the stands. But what people up in the stands don't understand is what a class move that is by Kalani Sataki. And so I want to thank him, and uh, I, I really appreciate that. All right. Again, a little recap there from uh, Idaho State's Rob Fennessey, just giving you a sense of what he felt about Kalani's decision at the end of the game to keep the score where it was. Final score is 42-10. It still ends up as the third-largest victory margin in the Kalani Sitake era. As mentioned, there was a bigger one in 2016 and last year, but uh, 32 the third-largest. Most points scored against an FCS opponent under Kalani in his uh, four years as head coach. Kalani's going to hit the half-century mark next week. 50 games in the books after UMass next Saturday. By the way, uh, Levi Hifo did not play today. 
uh, wasn't in uniform, but he's the only senior to play four straight years without a redshirt of this current group of 19 seniors uh, that BYU, uh, to whom BYU bade farewell today on Senior Day. And Ralph Sokolowski always leaves me this note after BYU's played its final home game of the year. Wants me to know when the next home game is going to be. So the next home game for BYU is September 12th, 2020 against Michigan State. So it ends against Idaho State here this year. It'll start next year against Michigan State on September 12th. The first game of next year will be a road game at Utah to open the year. The first game of this year and the first game of your broadcast career was against Utah here at home. We hope and wish for uh, better fortunes next year on the Hill. But that's how next year is going to start, too. Speaking of senior day, um, give we it's hard for us to do, right? But uh, we'll give credit where credit is due, and that is a senior-laden team up in Salt Lake City and a young core here today. How many names did we call out? And Oh, freshman Jackson McChesney, freshman Cameron Wheat, freshman Keanu Hill, freshman Sione Finau. All of these freshmen, sophomore, you know, fresh, sophomore Zach Wilson, so, freshman Blake Freeland, sophomores across the offensive front. So, Gunnar Romney. Yeah, Gunnar Romney. Yeah. We can go on and on and on. But it's nice to see this core build momentum as, you know, the rivals uh, up in Salt Lake City are graduating what is a very senior-laden heavy team. I don't want to – look, we're getting way too far into it, but I'm excited where we're returning a bunch. Granted, there, is, there are going to be some gaps and voids to fill from these uh, – from this uh, senior class that's graduating here, none bigger than a Diane Gumwalaku, but uh, this young core building momentum to that uh, season opener up in Salt Lake City next year gets you, it's hard to not get excited. Kalani mentioned one of the young guys, and early in the year there was a lot of talk about why isn't so-and-so playing, and the so-and-so was Keanu Hill. Keanu made some plays today, and he's, he's got a long career ahead of him. This is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it's, and part of the reasons why those questions came up was because he... Uh, Great camp. Yeah, played so well yeah. in camp, but struggled, couldn't stay healthy. And that yeah. happens a lot of times. You bring a high school kid in here, and and uh, even at the wide receiver position, it's a lot more physical and, uh, and physically taxing. It may be the same practice, and maybe you're not going full pads or, or full tackle or this and that, but it's just the forces, the reps, and all that is at a lot more intensity. And it takes guys' bodies uh, some time to adjust, but this four... Uh, this four-game redshirt rule has really allowed us the opportunity to see guys like Keanu and get excited about guys like Keanu. And not only to get, uh, to get excited about them, but for them to provide a foundation upon which to build. Again, the uh, the the theme that you're going to hear a lot out of me uh, from these, uh, you know, the next couple games and into the bowl game is going to be building momentum because they started it at the halfway point of this season and it's continuing to build and it, it's uh, it's leading to something special. I think. Kalani wasn't asked about uh, Levahifo or Lopini Katoa, so I'll ask him about those guys. Uh, they did not play today, but relative to health of guys who did play, it didn't seem to me like guys were getting banged up today, right? Uh, it looked like a pretty healthy game once you got into it. And, and I bring that up because we alluded to the fact in our pregame that, that you know, Weber State FCS team ended up um, you know, making a play that put you on the sidelines for a while. It can happen against these teams. Anyone can do it, right? But I think today was a pretty healthy day for BYU. It was. Zach, uh, when he threw his interception, he went right back in there for the tackle. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, 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 it's not <laughs> worth it. Um, but, of course, popped up and not, nothing bad happened from there. No, you mentioned Max Tooley. Come on, man, you would always stick your nose in. Oh, you, of you, course. No, I uh, I gave away a, a pick six. I threw a hitch route that um, – was a little bit high. Anyway, it bobbled off Ross Oppo's hands. We were backed up on our own, and had I had more ground to chase the guy down, I would have, but that was the one pick six I gave up in my career, which was a point of pride, which, you know, I threw like 
18, 19 interceptions. So, again, a point of pride there. No, I don't. I, mean, I digress. Max Tooley came off. You mentioned one point with his arm. Right, I, I yeah. think he came back. He, he did come back in for a couple of plays, and I think they sat him down just because it's not worth it. But, no, the there was a couple injury breaks, but they were all ISU guys, and uh, they I think they accomplished all their goals here with the exception of just the offense and their penalties, right? Anytime you get to double-digit penalties, it's hard to consider that a clean game. Uh, the the one turnover, I just mentioned the interception from Zach. I, I chalked that up to a little bit of rust and being out of rhythm. That doesn't worry me as much. And uh, they took care of business in the red zone. So when you look back to what we were talking about in pregame and the keys to the game, taking care of business in the red zone, um, and scoring in every quarter, accumulating more than 40 points, they did all of those things. The only place they didn't cash in on that was in cleanliness, racking up the penalties. 12 accepted penalties today, 10 against the offense, 2 against the D. Here are the offensive penalties. False start, false start. Hold, hold. False start, false start. Unsportsmanlike celebration after the Tonga touchdown. False start, hold, ineligible downfield. Two defensive penalties, offside, offside, gets you to 12. That's a big number in this kind of game, right? That wasn't necessarily uh, the embodiment of um, uh, well, a clean play. Yeah, and you heard Zach mention it in his post-game presser. He was talking about their defensive line. They were yelling move, right. and they were shifting. But a, a lot of programs do that. I will say one thing. It was a little bit of a quieter crowd. It was a good crowd today, but a little bit quieter, an FCS opponent, and the, you know where the game's pretty much decided before the outcome is decided pretty much before it starts. So understandably quiet, but it's in those games, actually. You think you only have issues in loud games uh, where it's hard to hear, but you actually have problems in games where it's – it's relatively easy to hear because those noises are sharper where otherwise, you know, a defensive lineman might make a grunt or yell a move before a shift. The offensive lineman in a normal setting can't hear it. Well, he's hearing it loud and clear and gets flinchy and, and jumpy there. But uh, what, I did want to allude to this uh, earlier. They stopped doing it, but a couple of those offensive um, – the false starts came on plays where they shifted. And we've seen BYU try and do a lot of that. Now, forgive me if I go off you mean, on a little bit of You mean BYU shifting, not, not defensive shifting from Idaho State. You mean BYU offensive shifting. It came on yeah. the back of offensive shifting, which is an extremely valuable tool if you can be good at it. Boise, under back um, prior to even Chris Peterson, when Dan Hawkins was there, made this really popular, and it just puts the defense in a very tough position because you give them one look, and then you sh- and then they get their call in, and then you completely shift it, and now you're relying on the players on the field to... So anyway, it puts the defense in a, in a hard situation, but it also, if, if it's not part of your DNA and who you are, it also can make life hard on the offense and give you a lot of those pre-snap penalties that just end up tripping you up. And so we saw after the first quarter, and it, it was in the first quarter where they racked up three or four uh, false starts, um, we saw them stop with the shifting, and the false starts did come down. We'll visit with Kalani Satake coming up. This is the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
We await Kalani Sitake's appearance with us here in the broadcast booth. BYU 42, Idaho State 10, our final score. We talk a lot about it being senior day. I'm not sure we told you all the seniors who played today or were on the field today being honored. So we'll give you to them, give them to you in alphabetical order today. And again, some didn't play. Some were not even dressed out. But these were the 19 honored today at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Alphabetically, linebacker Sam Baldwin, running back Emmanuel Isupa. Now, Soup did play and left ding, came back in a walking boot. Uh, defensive back Diane Gomoliku had a pick today. Long snapper Mitch Harris. Wide receiver Aleva Hifo did not play today. Uh, quarterback slash running back Bo Hodge came out in sweats today. Uh, wide receiver Bachelor Johnson the fourth, the Utah transfer, uh, got in the game late. Linebacker Austin Kofensis got the start today. Tight end Moroni Loulupututau. No catches today for MLP, but playing well of late. Uh, DB Austin Lee, pick six today. Defensive lineman J.J. Nwigwe. Defensive lineman Trajan Peely. Defensive back Sawyer Powell. Offensive lineman Addison Pulsifer. Offensive lineman Thomas Schof. Wide receiver Talon Shumway. Wide receiver Micah Simon. And both those guys had touchdowns today, by the way. Uh, D.B. Bo Tanner and Tyson Williams. Now with Tyson, honored as a senior, you throw him out, you roll him out there as a senior, senior day. Um, but, you know, at last I heard, there's still this uh, hope, if not an expectation, that uh, something will happen to let him play some more football for BYU. I'm not counting on it, certainly, but wouldn't that be great? Yeah, and I think, I, and I haven't talked to Tyson about this, but I think he would want the chance to come back. It's really hard, given that he didn't get as many reps as he would have liked at South Carolina, finally gets an opportunity here at BYU to become a feature back, is able to put out, you know, four good, fa- well, three and a half good games of film, but three and a half good games of film and coming off an ACL tear to prepare for NFL evaluation is probably not your ideal body of work if if you have the chance to come back to BYU and be another feature back, right? Tyson, I do know Tyson's ultimate goal, one thing he has stated publicly and, and to me in conversation is to be an, an NFL running back. And so I think to increase the likelihood of that happening would be for him to come back uh, for another year. Now, whether or not the NCAA will allow that or will play ball remains to be seen. Those who heard us earlier in the broadcast, a lot, a lot earlier in the day, heard us describe the fact that Tyson was accompanied by another running back, Williams, here at BYU. Former Cougar running back Jamal Williams was in the house. Yeah, it's so great to see Jamal. And there is, uh, you know, I, I said during the broadcast that uh, we may see another player similar to him, but we will never, we will ne- not see another. To me, Jamal's a kid because he was 17 years old when I got to play with him as a true freshman. But we will never see another man or young man like Jamal Williams here. The just life and joy he brings, not just to to in his personality and in your interactions with him, but also to the game of football. You see it. You saw it here when he was here. In fact, as a true freshman, because he was still kind of working his way, he was his most reserved as a freshman, and mm-hmm. then got more and more uh, I, I gregarious don't know if, and outgoing. There you go, and, gregarious. I was yeah. going to say boisterous. No, gregarious. Is much better word. And then you even see that now with the Packers, and I'm really excited. He's kind of like a, he's like a media favorite there, right? I mean, oh, easily, no question. <laughs> Talking about playing in the rain and how he feels like SpongeBob at yeah. home under the water, and then just flat out telling a reporter the other week, "Stop listening." <laughs> yeah, he's gonna say, "I'm sorry, man. I stopped listening halfway through your question." So he is a he's an absolute treasure, and he's hitting his stride. Uh, Mitchell during his interview was talking about the one-two punch that he's doing up in Green Bay, which is good. His rookie year and and some of those were kind of tenuous. Obviously, the Packers made a coaching change. 
change. And I think under this new regime, under Coach LaFour, uh, they've been able to really a- accent and highlight Jamal's strengths uh, against and, and kind of create a juxtaposition against Aaron Jones's strengths to where, uh, you know, the NFL stands for not for long. And uh, early on in Jamal's, I was like, man, I just don't know if he's got a fit here. Hope maybe he can find a fit with another team like Kyle Van Oy did, right? It wasn't a fit with Detroit, but obviously found himself a fit in, in New England. But it seems like Jamal's making himself a nice little nest there in Green Bay, and they got a good team this year. So excited for him and his prospects. And, of course, glad to have him back for all that he means to this program and this university. All right, we're going to bounce Kalani into Cougar Nation now. We'll start that coming up next. Final score today is BYU 42 and Idaho State 10. You heard it right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation now. BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Extending our Cougar postgame coaches show into Cougar Nation now for the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. BYU a winner over Idaho State today on Senior Day 42-10 is our final score. Kalani, good to be with you. Congratulations on a successful day, uh, a successful senior day. Wins in the books. Bowl eligibility, number six on the year. Uh, I know you're overall probably pretty happy with this group. Yeah, I am, and, and just happy that, that we're able to get the win. I think you heard me in the postgame, and, and uh, just, uh, you know, just really, really excited about the seniors getting this win, and, and a lot of things happened after we got the win, got the bowl invite, and um, you know, so the, this is a, this is an exciting moment for our guys, and, and just really feels good that, that uh, you know we got a streak going right now, and, and um, can build on it, getting this next one um, going out to UMass, and so uh, it wasn't perfect, and there's some things that I'm really concerned about, and the mistakes and and, and self-inflicted um, mistakes, things that just make it harder for us in this game. We can't do that against a quality opponent, and. And expect to just have um, success, you know. So uh, there's things that we can control, and whether it's focus or um, or personnel, and whoever's in the game, um, whatever it is, it's, it needs to be important for us to fix it and improve between this week and next week. And that's like a little bit uncharacteristic unchar- of our guys to make so many mistakes and um, and and it just they're drive killers, you know. And so there should be more points on the board. And but for the most part, our guys played hard. The effort was there. The energy was there. Jamal Williams, that guy brings so much energy to the sideline. It's just, it's just, uh, I mean, I miss having that guy around, you know. So he, he's, uh, he's just a, bu- a bunch of energy that, that is contagious. He gets the crowd going. I mean, that's, it was, it was amazing what he did. Just one person with, with so much passion for the game, and, and uh, it had an effect on our boys. Uh, coach, you're known as a players coach and all of your players talk about your the relationship that they have with you and how much trust you put in them and how they feel empowered and and ennobled and you and you've talked about it a lot but I want to make sure we give you know these seniors in this senior class their due for for a guy it's not well tell me was tonight business as usual for you or how did you approach tonight knowing that you know 19 of your boys are going to be moving on to the next phase of life sooner than later you know, it's always it gets emotional because uh, you 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 have these guys around you for so long, and then and then you know that it's coming to an end. You know, so uh, but it was a lot of fun knowing that we get this win, we can extend the time that we get to share together, and 
and um, and <clears throat> for the program, it just makes us so much better. So uh, I, I was really happy with the guys and then seeing them as they walk through the tunnel and seeing the teammates and then doing their senior walk at the end, you know, and uh, just I'm just happy that they were get the, able to get the win and do it on good terms and, and feeling good in the locker room, all the guys dancing and have a good time and knowing that they're going to be in Hawaii when we get to, you know, Christmas time. It seemed like Austin and Diane created their own special memories, getting picks as seniors on the defense, which were the highlights of, of the defensive effort today. On the offensive side, Micah was able to get in the end zone as well as Talon, a couple of your seniors and your stable guys. I, I got a question, or I got to ask you, was it drawn up to try and get, you know, those seniors? I, there was a ball here that was uh, thrown into double coverage to MLP. I wondered, huh, maybe they were maybe they were trying to get seniors, you know, some, some plays. Was there any of that going on, or did you just kind of go out there and they're just the normal part of the game plan it, it wasn't talked about but the our, our players love the seniors and so uh you know that they're trying to do it i mean they can say that it was like part of the game but i know what they were trying to do and i get it and you know we we put diane at corner today and um you know we send him on a corner chop blitz you know first play of the game want him to know how how excited i am for about him being able to just change positions for our team and he and Chris Wilcox started at corner, and that was a lot of fun, seeing Troy Warner on the field again, mixing it up with those guys. And we felt really deep all of a sudden at the defensive mm-hmm. backfield, and we played a lot of man coverage today, you know. So uh, that's something that I think we can really do and, and get some more pressure. And and then as we started to get towards the end of the game, we, we went a little bit conservative on defense, trying to get more valuable reps for our, for our, our uh, you know, our, our depth. And um, they gave up a big, big touchdown run, and that frustrates me, but that's – that's that's what we needed to get done. We need guys getting reps, and like I said in the post game, uh, those reps that Keanu Hill got today, that that's going to be huge for his program, his progress and development. You said in pregame, just go win the game. Did you expect that Zach Wilson would have 31 throws and play into the fourth quarter today? No, and you know I I I, I can't say honestly. I, I I didn't think about it really, other than. Um, we knew that we were going to try to keep Baylor um, out of the game. Is he a little ding right now? Or? Yeah, 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 and 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 that kind of had a little bit of a factor in the competition and, and and the reps that we had this week. But Baylor works hard, and he'll he'll always um, he he's got a good thing going. But I thought it was important to get him fresh and get him healthy, and then also wanted to get um, Zach kind of in the in the mix of things. You know, I just wanted to get him get some rhythm and and have him get hit a little bit and have him play and, and run the ball a little bit. And, make some throws, and, and, you know, I I know we had a turnover, but I think it was valuable for us to get him uh, just comfortable in in, in the game again. And and then, you know, it was good to see Joe come in and and perform really well at the end too. So uh, I I like the way our guys play. I like the the focus and energy they bring. Mistakes got to be fixed, especially the, the administrative penalties, things like that, false start, offsides. And then holding's part of the game, but it seems like it always happened when we had a big play. And so uh, we need to fix those things. But I think for the most part, I was pleased with the way the defense played. And and, uh, it helps in man coverage when you have uh, really active and and aggressive uh, defensive backs. You know, so we had, I mean, Isaiah Heron and and D'Lo were able to rotate with Chris Wilcox and Diane Gonwuluku. And we had Shimon Willis in there. So five corners rotating and had a lot of reps. You had Troy Warner rotating with Bo Tanner and Austin Lee and, and, and Malik Moore. And uh, those guys got so much better having Sawyer Powell play in there as well. So uh, it was nice using 10 guys in the defensive backfield. That that, that was really good in in the mix of things and having uh, some of those red shirts uh, get some valuable reps even for their progress. They're going to be seniors next year. 
Noah Lapipo <coughs> and uh, Noah Lapini yeah. Katoa today. Yeah, Lapini was um, was banged up from last week, you know, and, and didn't really practice um, that much this week. We needed to keep him healthy, and so we knew we were going to get a lot of um, a lot of Sione Final and a lot of Jackson McChesney, and then um, we were looking at hopefully getting Soup to get some more reps, but Soup was still still um, coming along. It's, it's not it's not as a not a, he's not a hundred percent. And then Aleva happened in pregame, you know, um, had a, had a freak accident and and uh, injured himself in pregame, so wasn't able to suit up, and that was disappointing. Um, Do you hope but, that's short term, or I'm hoping we're we're gonna get to evaluate a little bit right now, and then tomorrow more mm. with a with a with a training room sports sports uh, medicine department. So we're we're looking at that, and seeing uh, if it's gonna be a long thing or not. But um, he was in good spirits. I think he was excited for the guys and. Just really unfortunate that happened in pregame. On the field? Yeah, it was on the field. So <laughs> it was just a, yeah, it was just a, a freak deal, catching balls and things like that. So it shouldn't. Huh. Um, yeah, I've only I've seen that only one other time in pregame. Coach cross country trip to uh, to the northeast where we enjoyed some beautiful weather today. I don't know that we'll get that at least temperature wise. Hopefully it's you know we can stay out of the precipitation and things like that. But uh, obviously the opponent. Uh, anytime you go across country, no matter who the opponent is, it, you got to be on your guard mentally and and psychologically. So um, you know what do you, what messaging do you expect out of your seniors to make sure that uh, you you know don't come out slug? I think, I mean obviously. Given the opponent, you could probably come out sluggish and overcome it and come away with a win. But I imagine your guys want to keep building on the momentum. So what messaging do you expect to see out of your leadership early on to make sure that they come out and take care of business like they want to take care of business against UMass next week? I think what you said is perfect. It's just the uh, just to make sure that we improve and get better. And the mistakes that we made this week, we can't, we can't uh, have that happen again. So, I mean, mistakes are part of the football game, right? But... I felt like I don't know the amount of number, the number of false starts that we had, but that's that's stuff that we can control, and that's um, it happened way too often. And I may be picky, but yeah, five, yeah, that's that's ridiculous, you know. So, um, and then sometimes it's it's one guy, but it seemed like it, it was a, a a number of guys that did it. And Idaho State did some things that that kind of movement and stem right after our clap, and so. I expect our coaches to put our guys in a in better position, so we're not making so many administrative penalties, and that's and and that's our job as coaches to make sure that we don't have that show up again. All right, closing comments from Kalani on the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show slash Cougar Nation now here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake joining us in the broadcast booth. Uh, Greg and Riley Mitch will join us shortly. BYU 42, Idaho State 10, uh, today's final score. And it was today's final score, Kalani, despite the fact you could have scored in the last two minutes had you chosen to. You did not. First and goal from the one, you kneeled it out. Uh, thoughts on that decision because it left an impact on uh, Coach Rob Fennessy of Idaho State. Really impressed with how you chose to play the final few minutes there. Well, I, I think we're trying to milk the clock a little bit. And, and um, you know, it was kind of kind of caught in between seeing Keanu Hill make some plays and um, Vita Ika and, and Bachelor Johnson. Having those guys just get the opportunity to make plays and seeing seeing the seniors or the upper, you know, the, 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 the depth get out there and play and allowing Joe to do it. But um, I think it got to the point where we're like, okay, we we know we've got this game underhand and uh, we got it in control. And 
And um, I just felt like that was the right thing to do. I mean, I felt like we could have done that and milked the clock a little bit more earlier, but we were caught in third and long and had to throw the ball a few times, you know. And I'm glad Joe was able to make those throws. But, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for, for Idaho State, their coaches, and, and, and their players. And thought they played a really clean game and had a lot of effort. And so we just wanted to show them we appreciate them and, and how um, this is a game that – Things go went our way, and 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 last thing we need to do is really shove it in their face. They're they're trying to get better and find a way to to perform. They play Weber State next week, and so um, I, I I think you know I just wish them the best of luck the rest of the way. But just it was it was a really cool moment to share share the field with them and and um, and wish them all the best. I have a lot of former players on that staff, you know, so uh, I care about those guys. BYU's last winning home record for a season came in your first season. You were five and one in 2016. Now you're four and two to end this year. It's a winning home record again for the first time since then. What does that mean to you? Yeah, it means a lot. I, I, I mean, the fact that we were able to protect Lavelle's house, you know, um, four out of six times. Obviously, you want to go for a hundred percent, but uh, that's something we can aim at next time. But it was nice getting the win against some really good teams, and, and I thought our guys competed well. Our, our players have worked hard, extremely hard, all, all season long, and our fans have been loud and strong and loyal, and I appreciate all of them. And uh, the, the memories that we had at home here, and it was a lot of fun. And and uh, to, to, today was another moment where our guys are going to have a lot of memories that last them a lifetime. And thank you to all the fans that made it possible. Coach, we've talked a lot about the offense and defensive phases. I want to talk a little bit about the third uh, phase and special teams, of which I think punt return was definitely the highlight. There was a beautifully executed uh, return right where the, uh, Dax was able to evade an initial guy and, and get to the wall for a, about a – 30-ish yard return, but talk about when Kyle Griffiths blocked the shield guy back into his own punter, that to me, look, was that designed? It looked to me like just a tremendous individual effort because maybe you were in punt return safe on that play. Talk, walk us through that. Well, we, we were in actual return, and, oh. and, and um, Kyle Griffiths' job is to force the punt and make sure that the punter is a little uncomfortable, and, and he found a way to do that. I mean, that's... <laughs> Uh, I think he felt like he could run through the guy and, and push him into the punter, and that, and I was really impressed at how how much power he brought with him. And uh, you know, I, I wish we would have just scooped it up and scored, um, <laughs> but I think Will Watanabe just so excited to jump on the ball and get a fumble recovery or a punt punt block recovery, and and just those guys have been working really hard at that. Uh, AJ Stewart has done an amazing job with the with the punt return unit, and and uh, he and, and Ed Lamb done a good job um, on that one on that one uh, specific. Uh, unit and, and and I I thought we we had some big time plays and I thought Dax did a great job filling in for Leva who who got hurt obviously we said before in pregame. You hadn't had a hundred yard rusher all season and Sione goes for one hundred two today. That now makes you thirteen and two when you have a hundred yard guy and you've won seven straight games with a hundred yard rusher. Yeah, we need to get, we need to do that more often. <laughs> you got to tell answer. me this ahead of time, that's Greg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, you know we we've had to deal with a lot of um, a lot of different moving parts at the running back position. AJ Stewart has done an amazing job getting him ready, and Coach Grimes and the entire offensive staff. But uh, I look at guys like Sione Finau and, and Jackson McChesney, but also Lopini Katoa's had to fill in there with Tyson getting hurt, and also with Soup getting hurt. So we've had a, a number of guys get in there and make it. And, make plays, and Sione has done an amazing job with the amount of carries that he's had, and I, I'm just really happy that he took care of the football, and that, that was the number one thing that I wanted, him to, I wanted to see from him today. You got to give a heartfelt aloha at the end of the I game did, today. I did, yeah. <laughs> it just seemed like the right thing to do. I, I I didn't really want the mic, but they put it in my face, and, <laughs> and um, you know, the players are acting crazy on the side, so I, I was just 
yeah, it just seemed like the right thing to say. And, and it was nice that we had some warm weather here. And looking forward to getting in the cold in, in the in the Boston area, and then you know going to to San Diego, and then finishing it up in Hawaii. Looking forward to the next three games. I know as coaches and players, you're always focusing on going one and zero. But getting a, an opponent out of the American Conference is, is really exciting for those who follow college football across the nation. There's a lot of good teams there, so that's looking like it's going to be a great matchup for your guys. As as you look to finish out the season strong and then get those 15 extra practices, is that is that something that you would put in your guys' minds? Is that something that's just naturally coming out of the leadership there, or is it more like got the blinders on, focused only? on UMass yeah I, I want them to focus on the administrative penalties that we had today and the things that we have to fix between now and UMass we know the schedule right but our, our focus has got to be razor sharp on what we need to accomplish and that's beating UMass but more than that is improving on the stuff that we made the mistakes that we made today that just cannot happen and that's not that's the style of football that we should be playing I'm a little disappointed because of that because of the, uh, the issues that we had and and, and it stalled our, our, our progress and our, and our movement on offense. And uh, defensively, I was really pleased with the way the defense played. I mean, I, uh, other than we didn't create enough disruption and get sacks, but they, the quarterback was getting rid of the ball so fast. I thought Strzok did a good job getting rid of it. They were doing a lot of run game. They threw only 23 times, you know. And, and uh, But uh, I thought when they did go five-step, we did get some pressure. We did get some interceptions and, and uh, got a score. So I, I think for the most part, there's some things we need to fix Special teams, um, our kicking game, and then uh, a lot of things we need to fix with the administrative penalties. But uh, the guys keep giving us the effort, and that's that's the one thing that I, I love working with guys that just work hard. Well, finish with what you started with, and that was the streak. You mentioned being on a roll, four wins in a row. It's the longest streak you've had since your first season at the end of that year. So it means something to be able to say, yes, we're doing something here at the right You know, at a time of year we can see – uh, a favorable result and ideally a springboard here mm-hmm. and and learning as much as we can along the way right so uh, it's just a lot easier and for me I mean we're going to learn regardless of what the outcome is but uh, it's a lot easier to learn when you get some momentum and the guys are are seeing progress you know and and, and right now at this moment right now the guys know that they there's a lot of points that they left off the off the scoreboard and that's the coach's job that's my job and, and A-Rod and and, and and Grimes and Mateos to fix the, the things up front. And, and then defensively, we just got to keep rolling and, and try to get more disruption. I, I was really pleased with the guys that we we had on the field and good to get some of the, the, the old bodies back, you know, and the experience back and, and to keep developing some depth. So it, all, all together is a great, great win for us. Got bowl eligible and extending the season one more game and 15 more practices that we get to spend getting better. All right, and hopefully more wins to come. Congratulations again. We'll see you next week uh, for the Coaches Show. Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. All right, that is Kalani Sitake. More with Riley and Mitch and me after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Final score today, BYU 42, Idaho State 10. Our thanks to head coach Kalani Sitaki for joining us. We're just a little bit off format getting into Cougar Nation now, but it's all good. It's been a long broadcast day. I hope you've enjoyed it. BYU qualifying for its now 37th bowl appearance. BYU's all-time bowl record is 15-20-1. And things have turned lately, by the way. The Cougars have won six of their last nine bowl appearances. So 37 total bowls. And this will be uh, 37th overall and 19th different bowl 
So uh, the different bowls, of course, the different names. We're talking about 19 different names at this point. All right, so Greg and Riley, you've heard a lot from us. Mitch is now back from field level. Mitch, we haven't heard from you in a little while. Uh, anything you'd care to add to the discussion tonight that maybe hasn't been hit, either by Kalani or us, as we uh, went through uh, a, you know, a, a pretty uh, a standard FCS win, let's call it, but uh, certainly things for Kalani to uh, uh, look at and tighten up moving forward. Yeah, I mean, w- one thing that I, I kind of just want to add, and what we saw today, I'm going to focus on the positives. So kind of all season we've talked about the, the quarterback depth that we've seen from BYU. Uh, we, and we've talked about, you know, having three quarterbacks where it's like we can, you know, trust any quarterback to go in there, win a game. Um, I, I found it remarkable to see Joe Critchlow go in there and look like, you know, I mean, yes, it was an FCS team, and we were getting to the fourth quarter, but he su- he he made some decisions out there that I was just really impressed with, and um, you know, I, I kind of want to highlight Joe a little bit and just talk about I, w- I was so impressed with his performance, and you look at this team, and I, I don't think many teams can say that they'd be comfortable sending one of four quarterbacks <laughs> out on the field and and trust that they can do the job. I mean, it was I just thought he was you know really looked poised out there, um, looked calm, looked confident. And and so hats off to Joe, who's, you know, been put in a situation where he was a starter, you know, a couple years ago, um, and and just things haven't gone his way. There have been, you know, really talented quarterbacks. um, And so it's just good to see him get out there and compete. And he competed really well. So I just, I, you know, tip my cap to Joe. um, And, you know, it's I'm just really excited for this team to go bowling um, to go from two and four to now six and four being bowl eligible you know when they were two and four there was that looming cloud over their head wondering what is it going to take do are we that team um, and, and and we saw here tonight or today that uh, you know just the fight and resiliency that they came back bounced back from the season so cool to see them get a bowl game invite and, and send these seniors out with um, something to look forward to and and enjoy in Hawaii. Now, you mentioned the American Athletic Conference, and they're certainly in the mix, but Hawaii is also uh, a potential opponent, right? And, and with things being as they are budgetary, budgetarily with Hawaii, uh, and if they were to be bowl eligible, I'd have to think there's a strong contingent out there saying, let's just play Hawaii and BYU in a bowl game and see how that thing turns out. And that would be fine by me. But Hawaii's six and four right now and uh, got a good quarterback. They need one more McDonald's. win because they play 13 games. Yeah, yep. and... Um, but good quarterback and Cole McDonald, the guy, uh, you know, I follow Mountain West. It's always on late at night after our games. You know, they're on TV a lot, so get to see those guys. But Cole McDonald's a good player, and Hawaii always is able to get, you know, they can recruit out there to the island, and they get some good JC talent, and they also have some of the home, the homegrown Hawaiian boys who go and provide some uh, – some depth up front for them. And then, of course, because of BYU's recruiting presence on the state of Hawaii, it, they always bring it, like if they bring the intensity when they get to play um, BYU. It, the, in a bowl scenario, you always kind of want something new or something fresh, right? Like Memphis in the Miami Bowl, that was always something like, oh, man, they, this would never happen otherwise. And so it was, and so you kind of hope for that in the bowl season. But if it ends up feeling familiar, like playing Hawaii in their home stadium, that's great too, uh, like Kalani has said the biggest thing out of it probably is getting 15 more practices with this young core and then another opportunity to compete and showcase your hard work. And you're doing it in Hawaii is the other thing. Right. Not a bad place to be. By the way, uh, in doing some bowl research, the Cougars have never had a repeat uh, bowl um, 
let's see, victim or team. They, they've, they've never beaten us. They've never beaten one team twice. They've never beaten. They've never had a repeat team right. be defeated by them in a, in a bowl game, which is interesting. Um, and uh, but they have. And sorry to put you on the spot, no, no. Greg, but there have been. We have played the same opponent multiple times in a bowl game. Yes. Yeah, but just, not, just, but just, just not, not multiple them. wins. Like for yeah. example, UCLA. There's a win and a loss, and, and, yeah. and things like that. But never have they actually been able to defeat uh, the same program twice. Not that that would happen this time with Hawaii, because uh, BYU's never uh, before even faced Hawaii in a bowl game. But it's interesting that to all the different bowls, never have they uh, been able to beat the same team twice. But we will give you a trivia question now that is bowl related to win two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream, courtesy of the BYU Creamery, the classic. BYU tradition have a scoop today. It is time for Inside Scoop Trivia. And Cougar Nation now is brought to you by BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery. So here's a question. Against which team did BYU record its first ever bowl victory? Against which team did BYU record its first ever bowl victory? BYU has won 15 bowl games. Against which team did win number one come? Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN or the email CougarNationNow, one word, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream is going somewhere after this. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. So today's question on Cougar Nation now for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream was, against which team did BYU record its first ever bowl win? And there were many correct answers. But just by, by, by sheer seconds, by sheer seconds over others, at Carson Dover 4 on Twitter is the winner. And he correctly answers SMU. SMU in 1980s. That's the Miracle Bowl, right? So the Miracle Bowl famous for being something other than just the greatest comeback in, in you know postseason history at that point. It was a big deal. But it was the first bowl win. BYU had been kind of just uh, trying to break through. They'd lost one, two, three, four straight bowls before winning in the 1980 Holiday Bowl against SMU. So SMU is the correct answer. And at Carson Dover 4, barely beat, in our man, barely beat in our man Von Ray who came in seconds after with SMU. And a lot of folks have said SMU since, but only one can be first, and that first person is Carson Dover. So congrats to you. We'll get information to you and from you about how to get your famous BYU Creamery ice cream two half gallons worth. So SMU is the answer. At BYU on this bowl qualification day and bowl invitation day, we'll take a 15-20-1 postseason record into Aloha Stadium on December 4th. And that will be, I beg your pardon, December 24th. Christmas Eve, December 24th, will be the bowl game BYU and opponent to be determined. By the way, we were talking about Hawaii a moment ago. They did pick up their seventh win today, you say, Riley? Yes. Uh, and I was checking the uh, news wire and Twitter and all of that, and all the news is about BYU officially accepting the invitation to the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Nothing about uh, the opponent. That That is a potential there. It's funny, SMU is the answer to our trivia question. They are in the American Conference and a potential candidate, but... Uh, as as you've uh, mentioned, Greg, and many BYU fans out there know, Hawaii did uh, Hawaii is also a potential one due to financial reasons. But that's that's an opponent I would feel great about. I've uh, I follow the Mountain West as, as I follow a lot of West Coast football, and um, you know they got some good players, and their quarterbacks a really good player, really good college player, can put up a lot of yards, and and uh, they have a high powered offense. And Hawaii always brings it left over, brings the intensity left over from that what was a rivalry back in the old WAC days and even the Mountain West days. 
How would you feel? Uh, how do you feel, Mitch, about heading to uh, Hawaii for the holidays? I'm excited. I've never been to Hawaii, so this would be a whoa, 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 you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. a first no, time no, no. experience. Jump back a second. What? I've never been to Hawaii. These Texas guys, they have Galveston. Yeah. It's just like Hawaii. <laughs> Galveston Beach. That's where it's at. No, I've never been, so I'm I'm actually really excited. They, they do call it the Honolulu of the Southwest. Yes, they do. Yeah, of the Galveston, Gulf. The think, Honolulu yeah. of the Gulf, yeah. yeah. So, whoa, whoa. Really? Yeah. So clearly... Yeah. We weren't playing games when you were. Uh, so yeah, in my in my playing days, we were always independent, and we had never we didn't have a game against Hawaii, um, and, and so yeah, I never had the chance to go, and um, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. I believe the last game we played against Hawaii at Hawaii was in 2011, and you uh, didn't and you didn't join the program until 2012, correct? So no, so I was on. The oh, pro- you were I was in the program in 2010. 10. Left on my mission in 2011, so I, I was gone. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually told Ben before um, in pregame, I started to diet two weeks ago to get ready for Hawaii. You know, it's <laughs> uh, you know, it's you, you can't often say swimsuit season in. Uh, during Christmas time, but uh, you can in Hawaii. So this is, yeah, I'm excited. No, you should be. That's great. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, you, had, you, you had a memorable but, game in Hawaii. Yes, very memorable game. It was uh, tied 14-14 at halftime and then came out. and All we BYU were, second half. It was all BYU second half, included by a tremendous one-handed catch uh, by Cody. Yep. Um, and we had, I believe, Wona Kavanga caused the fumble. Danny Sorensen, no, no, Joe Sampson picked it up, ran it in for the touchdown. Anyway, we rolled him. Ross Oppo caught a touchdown in the second half. J.D. Falsif had like three catches for 90 yards in the second half. But, yeah, very very memorable. And it's it's – I'm so excited. So when we played, we went we played on a Saturday, but we went – I believe we got there Wednesday night. And we practiced Thursday and then walked through Friday. And so it was almost like a mini ball game. For the ball game, i got to imagine it's going to be close to, you know, five to six days they're going to get to spend there. That's – that's what's typical for a bowl game, four to five days. Hawaii, if you extend that out another, an additional one. Talon Shumway mentioned in his postgame comments his wife's excited about that. Obviously, you know, BYU allows the wives to travel. So excited well, for these Also teams. in comparison last year to Idaho. So it's a, it's, it's yeah. a bit of a step up, right? <laughs> but, well, we talked about Galveston being the Honolulu of the <laughs> Gulf. Boise is the Honolulu of the Mountain West. No, yeah, I'm yeah. joking. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, it's a really special thing for these guys. It means a lot. And uh, ultimately, all of that is, is great on top of one last opportunity to compete for the 2019 and leave your mark on this season. The kick in Hawaii will be at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, 3 o'clock in Honolulu. So that day uh, will be on the air at 4 o'clock Mountain, 1 o'clock, uh, 1 o'clock Hawaii Time, and then the kick at 3 in the afternoon in Honolulu. And uh, if you're going over, you can still get the, uh, the, the red eye through L.A. after the game and get home on Christmas Day. So have no, have no fear. Uh, you'll be able to do that as if you choose to go over, and I'm sure many BYU fans will. And if uh, Hawaii stays home, uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a game that a lot of folks over there will be uh, clamoring for. So there it is, BYU and opponent TBD in the 2019 SoFi Hawaii Bowl. All right, let's wrap it up for the day. We began the broadcast morning at 11 a.m. today. It's now past 6 p.m. Night has fallen, and we're going to say so long and tell you that we're back with you next week from Amherst, Massachusetts. Last year we played the game in uh, Foxborough home of the Patriots. But this year's game will not be at Gillette. It'll be at McGuirk Alumni Stadium, I think is the name. And it'll be in Amherst, smaller stadium. And it'll be early, as in 8 a.m. Mountain Time pregame. 10 a.m. Mountain Time kick, which makes it 10 and noon back east in Amherst, about a 90-minute drive or so from Boston inland. So that's our setup for next week, BYU and UMass. The Minutemen, 1-10 on the year, and losing today at Northwestern. 45-6, to six. and so uh, what you saw today and heard today, 
you might hear hopefully more of next weekend. Let's wrap it up by thanking all those who made our broadcast possible back at BYU Radio, intern Max Clark, control board operator Tanner Rawl, coordinating producer Terry South, engineer Sean Fay, with also help uh, helping out here at Cougar Canyon, Sean as well. Anybody else back at BYU Radio? Was that the, the main guy back there? Was it Sean? Okay, we got those folks. All right. And then here we had uh, we had interns James Havel and Hayden Wallace taking care of pre- and post-game stuff. Great work by those guys. Our engineers, Michael Wimmer and Barry Squires. Our spotter, McKay Perry. Our stats guy, Ralph Sokolowski. And our host, our mobile studio host today, Ben Bagley for pre-halftime and post. And that just leaves the guy to my left. Riley Nelson. And the guy to my right. Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in. BYU 42, Idaho Idaho State 10, today's final. And you heard it right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah. You've been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. BYU football is also proudly supported by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. BYU football is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and General Manager of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stauffer. BYU football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network.